Hey everyone, and welcome back to Channel Talks. If you're new, welcome. This is where we deconstruct all concepts that relate to channel ecosystems, customer success, installed-based selling, and then reconstruct all those ideas with great practical advice from experts in the field. And today we have no exception. Uh, I am delighted to introduce uh, Matthias Knorr, who's the co-founder and CEO of the Annuity Management Group. Uh, Annuity Management Group provide uh, services in relation, uh, service management and installed based selling services for the likes of HPE, Dell EMC, IBM, Cisco, Lenovo, Microfocus, and I'm sure I've forgotten a few, and in particular, the partnership with the Tassetti Group that he manages, which is uh, now uh, in partnership with ISET.com. And of course, Scott Frew, who is the founder and CEO of, uh, uh, of ISET.com. Welcome, gentlemen. We're going to have a, a wonderful conversation today about that. Uh, is there anything you guys want to add to uh, yourselves and uh, uh, following that introduction? No, you've captured let's, it perfectly. Let's get straight into it then, my friends. Uh, Matthias, I asked you to come onto Channel Talks a little while ago because in studying exceptional uh, organizations who are responsible for taking the channel to a more of an ecosystem friendly and a more ecosystem centric uh, movement with real strategy and real pra practical examples i saw you and i and i and i and i rated you guys as as a spectacular example of a service provider led installed based selling strategy that's exactly what you guys do for some of the largest and most important vendors in the world Give me a little bit of background as to why it happened, where it happened. I know there's some automotive, you know, uh, uh, businesses in the background somewhere, which is probably going to excite Scott through as well, given he's an automotive enthusiast. But how did all that come about? Oh, <clears throat> so it's it's a journey, I guess. Yeah. Ultimately, so the problem we solve is, I think you put it correctly, is it stall-based management. Um, the business where it came from is originally selling services. And ultimately, out of this, we created a, a set of services that is particularly only focused on um, maintaining pre-existing market share. And I think that's where it all started, that if you understand or accept that the renewal business or install-based management is all about pre-existing market share. So if you don't do a good job, everybody loses. So there's, there's nothing to win. That was actually the basis of, of everything we've done. Uh, and if you look at the traditional channel business, it's all about competing for market share, winning market share. And this is fundamentally uh, the opposite what you do with, uh, uh, you know, install-based management. And, and I mean, customers exist. And if you don't treat them well, and if you don't manage it well, and if you don't manage the data, and if you don't understand the ecosystem, everybody loses. The vendor, obviously, by losing out the renewal, because, I mean, we're focused particularly on, on service and, and maintenance contracts. The channel partner, you know, and then and then ultimately the end customer by not having the protection he needs, yeah, and you know that's one step. And the second step, you know, we realize that it is actually there is not one install base, but ultimately there's a whole set of that's why we're called annuity management group. There's a whole set of different annuities, and from a big picture, the vendor kind of says, yeah, it's all about renewal rates, but that's in reality maybe that's the outcome. But when you look at the, the different types of contracts, different, you know, got licensing contracts, you got packs, you got, uh, you know, many machines, few machines. There's so many different variations as a service. And ultimately, there's for everything a different reason 
or a different, let's say, cooking recipe to make an install-based management service. And that's what we've done. We've assembled a whole set of services uh, backed by a whole bunch of technology. Some we partner with, with the experts like you. Some we've developed our own. Um, but I think the cooking recipe is by understanding is A, there's many different interests in the channel. B, it's pre-existing market share. So if you don't do a good job, everybody loses out. Um, and, and, and C, we are a neutral expert. So long answer yeah. to your to short question. No, I, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing answer. And I'm going to, because I'm going to bring Scott into this in a minute. Uh, and I want to as well um, touch on that many installed bases concept that you, uh, that you mentioned earlier. But um, what's fascinating is uh, Scott and I built a distribution business best part of two decades ago. Uh, and Scott had a vision um, for, to build a system that will allow for the management of the installed base because it wasn't being managed. And ironically, that business unit was called Annuity Systems. <laughs> and, then, and then he broke out, broke it out and it became iasset.com. Uh, Scotty, can I ask for your response to uh, what what Matthias is 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 perfecting in his region uh, relative to the vision that you had and why you built it out of distribution and put it into its own platform, its own software as a service platform? And I know one of those reasons is because it just wasn't happening. Well, I think. Nick, if you go back into the history, even before that, when we had land systems and we were the largest Cisco distributor in the region, I used to get an award from Chambers for uh, being the top distributor for SmartNet attached maintenance and renewals. And we didn't have a platform then. It was just, I told my reps, if you came back into the office without the SmartNet contract, you didn't have a job. So it was really about how do you automate that was the first part. So when uh, we went about building DC, it was underpinning. So... So Matthias has got this fantastic service with all these really uh, super intelligent people that are dealing with all of these complexities where, because I'm an operational guy, I wanted to build a platform to A, make sure that no one missed an opportunity because let's face it, that's what we're trying to do here and, and reduce churn to Matthias's point about install base, but actually take out all the boring components that a lot of my people didn't want to deal with and then, of course, once we started launching that and, and Distribution Central went gangbusters, the, the vendors and other distributors were approaching us to roll that platform out for themselves. So I don't see it, although we talk about the platform, my vision's always been about the ecosystem, and that is multiple platforms. So Matthias has his platform and his data, and he's selectively sharing that data out to his partners who are also running platforms because the money's in the data, not the platform itself. The platform's just an enabler for this technology. And I'm very, very lucky that I had the vision back when. There's lots of people come and go, come and gone since then, but no one's truly wrapped up uh, an ecosystem of channel base. So we protect the distributors, we protect the service providers or resellers. And now you can bolt in Matthias's companies, which give that service level over the top of all of it. So if the channel community don't want to do the hard services part, they just hand it over to Matthias and they can still run on the same underlying data. Okay, I'm going to go a little bit controversial here because um, you guys have been doing this for a long time, all right? Suddenly there's a wrapper around what you guys are doing called customer success and it's all being managed, that brand new wrapper of customer success. When was it not ever about customer success, but it's a brand new 
you know, philosophy that's that's taken our industry by storm, um, and it's wrapped around this idea of an ecosystem. All right, you guys have been doing this for a long, long time, and it's only now contemporary. I'm going to ask you both the same question and see what kind of response you had. Why has it taken so long? Why, why have so many come and gone and didn't get it right? What, 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 what? So, when is it? I might take this first, but TS. At the end of the day, Nick, I actually see customer success as a lot larger bubble than where we're at. Customer success, typically in a US vernacular, is about adoption and making sure the customer is using whatever the product or service is that they're uh, contracted to do. We underpin the customer success piece, making sure um, you know the dates match for annuities and the upgrades and cross-grade campaigns are all automated, et cetera, et cetera. But it's Matthias's company, Matthias's company, sorry, Matthias, that really um, adds that personal touch to the customer success experience by having those front, uh, those people fronting the business rather than where we're operationalizing it. Matthias is actually adding the value on top. Executing on it. And that's really where I want to get to, Matthias. The execution that's happening that you guys have been doing so well for so many strong vendors. And we see it all. And it's not happening much. You guys are excelling in this almost own it, um, what, what do you see as, 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 as the reason why so many have not been able to do it? Well, maybe before I answer that, let's, well, I mean, one is clear, focus. <laughs> it's very simple. If you don't focus on it, it's not going to happen. Yeah? Um, and also to be, to be clear, it's not easy. So it's not complicated, but it's complex. And the number one mistake I've seen is that everybody thinks uh, uh, all contracts are the same type of contracts and that's flat out wrong. But coming back to, to the customer success piece. Um, so customer success comes from an industry. If you don't pay, they don't get money. That's the software industry. Yeah? Uh, and, and actually the thesis is, I think, I, I'm very, I think it's very correct. So if the, you buy a license and if, you, if you're not happy, obviously, uh, you stop buying it. And, and in the software world, rather than speaking of renewal, they speak of churn. Uh, it's, it's basically yeah. a 1% uh, churn is a messed up renewal. Yeah? And uh, they just call it different. And it, and it starts by having lost the focus of the customer. And, 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 and basically, if you focus on that, he's successful and he's happy and he's well taken care of, then the, the chances are higher he will renew. And <clears throat> on, in our world, putting it in our world, we actually, um, we've been doing this for a long time, as you said, yeah? and we do it on three different levels. Uh, so I think we're probably the only company in the world that does it from obviously as a distributor. So we are a service only distributor, but we also have a whole department that manages end customers only from the service side, only from the install based management side. And we really understand end to end everybody's needs and 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 you know what's on their mind. And when you go down the food chain, let's have a look at the OEM. So the OEM partners with the channel. So from his perspective, that's the salesperson. Yeah? And he is entitled to just like what you said before at Cisco. You know, if one of my salespeople didn't attach, they didn't have a job. Yeah? In reality, that's how the vendor should think. But for, for the vendor, the channel looks at the vendor as a, wow, they're going to steal my customer, almost like a competitor, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> not as an employer. So that's where one of the problems starts. So for the, for the OEM, this is a black box. And that's really not how you want to have your employee relationship or your, 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 let's say, your sales relationship. So on the one side, you got the, the OEM. He really needs information on just how the customer is. He has no clue. 
You know, where, where is the customer? Where is uh, uh, the install base? What's the age? Just to get a feel of it. You know, who does what? Then you have the middleman, the, the reseller. For him, it's all about unit economics. For him, it's about uh, how is my customer base? How can I sell more? This is really install base management. And when you look at the end customer, he doesn't think if in terms of renewal. That's, that's totally not on his mind. So in his mind is business continuity. That's why he buys in the, in the, let's say, in the IT infrastructure world. We're not talking about software logic, but in the IT infrastructure world, he buys this out of a protection you know, reason. It's a very different reason. So <clears throat> now you asked why did other people didn't get that right? So it's the same data ultimately. Yeah? So you manage that data. It's all about data management. That's where it comes down. And, and ultimately, the OEM, as I mentioned before, the channel says, you know what? Why don't you move over? It's none of your business, what we do over here. <laughs> so he is not in a perfect condition to, over the years, understand where all the information is. And very similar to the payment industry, the guys who process the payment have the most accurate information on the customer. That's just how it is. Yeah? And it's one-to-one -one in the renewal industry. The guys who process the renewal are the closest to the customers. They understand the assets. They understand the landscape. And they are actually the closest to, let's call it, data collection. And, and that's really their job. If they do a good job, ultimately, you have a very good overview. And, and that's why, to, 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 the, uh, to the point what I mentioned at the beginning, if you're the guy managing the data, you can only do this if you manage pre-existing market share, if you manage it as a neutral person. Because if you, anybody in the food chain has a feeling, oops, is somebody stealing my customer? Is what's wrong here? Is this that, that that's that's how it kind of you know builds out? That's why I think you have to be a neutral expert. You have to understand the different types of annuities, and um, yeah, and then it's obviously processing, operational excellency, everything you've said. Yeah, yeah. Long answer. We we call it service success management. Just so you know, that's that's a, the, the term we're trying to define. Uh, uh, that we I, say we take this to a new level and just say, hey, you know what? This is really service success management. Why? Because from, from an OEM, it's service renewal success management. That's what he, he that's about, that's what, what's, what's in his mind, yeah? yeah. From a, a channel, you know, in his, in his mind, it's, it's, let's call it install-based success management, yeah? Because that's yeah. really what he wants, yeah? And from an end customer, it's, let's, let's call it asset protection success management, because yeah. that's really what's on his mind, yeah? yeah? Yeah, and for those providing, it's partner success management. So Correct. All, all, all of those together, and, and uh, you really explained it so well. And anyone who's listening, please rewind and listen to what Matthias <laughs> just said just then, because that's a thesis in what you need to do going forward. Scotty, do you want to add anything to that? Because I know you you want to talk about uh, all those concepts, especially in, in line with uh, expand selling and extend selling with the reference architectures, and also the end of life of an asset of which... Um, which Matthias was talking about because he was talking about so many different installed bases. That talks right into it. Can you go into that one, please? Well, I think the important thing, what Matthias, Matthias has said that's in our world is um, it's bigger than just the renewal piece. Like if you just go 12 months later or a month later if it's cloud and just go to collect the renewal, there is a chance you're going to lose it. Like if no one buys anything between the start date and the end date, there's a good chance you you haven't got them as a customer and the customer success thing falls apart. In my world, I mean, TS is absolutely spot on with the data collection piece at the front end. But what 
um, I've built basically is something that ties the data point from those or data points from those guys to the further upstream people. So they have a better view because the vendor doesn't know, you know, a lot of these vendors are running on Excel spreadsheets or they're trying to bolt salesforce.com on it, which won't work. They try to bolt SAP or Oracle on it, but won't work because they're not built to do this. So it's about giving the vendors some visibility through distribution. And we've got some very big distribution organizations that now have that clarity that they can share up and down and then support the reseller. If they're not willing to invest in their own install base management or product lifecycle piece, then the distributors can offer that as a service. Now, I mean, you know, I'm completely against portals to anyone as a general rule because they've got their own systems to play with. But I think where Matthias is right is it's all about the underlying data piece and the value that, uh, you know, uh, annuity management is bringing to the market is making sure that data is clean and valuable and will process through, but you've still got to have someone on top of it, whether it's the collection guy, the reseller, the distributor, someone's got to have some visibility of making sure the customer is engaged. Now, where customer success comes in for our point of view is the I part of our strategy, which is invest. So it's all about upsell and cross-sell. So if you really want to keep that customer engaged, you're trying to make sure that the technology that they own is being used at its optimum level, not just sell them a whole bunch of boxes and walk away. So I think the, the critical part of install base is actually scanning the base and making sure you've closed out every opportunity to upgrade, cross-grade or whatever. And then of course, as you alluded to at the end of life, no one, I, in 14 years of doing this, and I say this every time because I'm trying to get someone to buy it, no one manages end of life. The vendors might publish a spreadsheet or a, a website. The distributors don't care. The resellers have got no information because it's not flowing through to them. How do you actually put your arms around that, both from a technology point of view, like do you want to move to cloud or do you want to change products? Or actually from a recycling point of view, from, from an environmental consideration, there's, let's say, an ounce of gold in that server rack. Why wouldn't someone be pulling that out rather than just throwing it out in the dump and, and, and actually close the loop and do something positive for this industry? So there's a lot of pieces there. But again, back to the data piece, if you don't have the accurate data and the relationship, you're never going to move forward on this. There's a, there's a lot, lot, lot of uh, very, a lot of truth in what, what you've said. You know, I can add two, two three, you know, maybe uh, perspectives to that. One is the data. It's um, and I give you some real life examples. So with one customer in one country, we started an engagement uh, nine years ago, and pretty much has the same market share, pretty much the same amount of customers, uh, pretty much um, the same environment. But we basically started to implement our service. Uh, took a while to clean up the database, also to install base, and I'll get to that in a second. Now forward nine years later. Um, same market situation, <clears throat> the physical order dollars, and I'm calling it really order dollars because that's like the, the mixture of the cocktail of upselling, cross-selling. Uh, you know, every dollar you pick up statistically comes up to six times. So you have this compounding effect uh, and the vendor has price increases and what have you. The, the, the physical order dollars that flowed through to that vendor in those nine years went up by 800%. And we're talking pre-existing market share. We don't win new customers. But, and that's basically, I think, represents all the, uh, and I think in a consulting term, you would call this revenue leakage. Yep. This is really what happened. And so how, how, how did that all, what are the components? How is that possible? Yeah, because we're not you know, magicians. Yeah? And one is, as you said, obviously, 
uh, you know, as you prepare, as you quote, as you guide through this, let's say, renewal process, we start actually on day zero. Why? Because we actually capture the inventory being pushed into the system. And that's why we actually know at the time of renewal what should be and what shouldn't be, because it's very hard to keep an overview otherwise. Yeah. And it's this really starting from call it almost an inventory asset management service at the beginning, which is a ultimately when you then, again, depending on what type of annuity, what type of contract, what type of renewal you have, but ultimately whatever contract is renewed, it has to protect the assets it's intended to. And to have this complete overview uh, you know, is, is, is one huge uh, uh, factor. Second factor is the vendors are not easy. They're very complicated animals. And this complication or this complicated setup trickles through the, to the channel. And, you know, they have difficult price lists to understand. Sometimes you don't know price lists. Sometimes it's a really complicated quoting process. Um, sometimes, I mean, just to, to look at the menu of service offerings they have, because it's so easy said, why don't you do up and cross-selling? The menu of services they have, I mean, you need two PhDs to figure that out. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's it's like it's 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 you know, someone sits somewhere in Palo Alto and puts together a spreadsheet of, of a thousand line items. Yeah. And it's very difficult for somebody in the in the channel to say, well, what should I now add, change, cross-sell? And and when you look at the at the bulk of resellers, I mean that gives you a, a that's very different to, let's say, the gain sites of the world. When you look at our, let's say, micro setup, average reseller does maybe, and those are large resellers, but they still, they do maybe 20 renewals. Maybe they do 40 renewals a year. And that's for one vendor. And, and it's not that that this, you know, when you have a, when you have one person who does like, she's 40% of her job, she does renewal or he, and, and, and then he has 20 vendors to cover. And then somewhere at the headquarters of those vendors, they come up with every quarter, a different menu of service. This is, you can't, and if you don't have an expert, that's actually my main point. If you don't have an expert that manages the data, that has the systems to process it, to ha that, has, that has a neutral position, that is respected throughout the whole food chain, um, it's, I think you'll have a very hard time to crack it, yeah? Yeah, always, you're solving that problem, and you're solving that problem. But but let 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 me. I want to go off script a little bit because I want to I want to attack both of you. You've got brains the size of planets, and it would be remiss of me not to play play here because uh, I have a pet peeve, and and, the, and my pet peeve comes from uh, talking to a lot of end customers. All right, a lot of end customers, and it's related to data. Now, the end customer has all the data. Then they have different people that go to them and say, I'm going to manage this bit, or I'm going to manage that bit, or I'm going to manage that bit. And the end customer doesn't want to be lost in logistics, doesn't want to be lost in procurement and the procurement cycles and procurement phases. They just want someone to deliver customer success. Now, problem number one, every single vendor wants to solve that problem with their single vendor solution and their single transaction management system. No technology lives in isolation ever. So you're always going to have several non-connected systems going, trying to get to that end customer and provide them with a frictionless way of transacting because all they want to do is get success out of the technology they bought. 
They don't give a damn about success, about the procurement side of it. The procurement people are buying stuff, things, A's and B's and widgets and this and that. They don't even know what it does, all right? The person who actually is the owner of the technology is trying to execute on uh, not only uh, the digital transformation that they're trying to get their businesses to, 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 uh, to, to, to become part of, in, in terms of a digital transformation strategy, right? But also a roadmap, all right? So who's going to manage that? Who's going to manage? It's not 17 different portals and 15 different transaction systems and all that of which the ecosystem, which is supposed to be coming together to provide customer success is doing and they're not and they're failing. And that's my answer to, 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 to why it's not working. But Mateus, you're doing it. Well, I mean, again, this this is you don't even a, need to sell. You don't even need to sell it to them. You can. This is a, this is a classic for. industry where this is not, and this is again what what everybody's. This is not an industry where you can succeed with a SaaS offering only. Period. It's a, it's this is a classic industry where you need a tech enabled service provider, and. It just doesn't, it, because there is no, the super, first of all, it doesn't exist, the super portal that does it all by itself. It's too complex. The the customers buy components and not, and that, those components together bring a solution. And the difference to, to let's say, call it customer success and service success, you know, in the, in the software industry, you buy a software that gives you a service you're using. And if you use it, you're a successful customer, you're happy. Yeah. In the, in the, let's say, service and maintenance industry where you buy components, equipments that all together make a critical infrastructure, the service you're buying is a peace of mind. You know, it's like, this is an insurance product. This is not a, so you can't, you know, it's like, it's not like customer success yeah. where you're like, oh, I saw you're not using it. Anything wrong on your end? No, this is not how it works. Yeah, It's like, you know, it's like uh, <clears throat> ultimately my job is, is uh, to make sure that, hey, by the way, great news. You haven't, you know, haven't had a shutdown or, you know, you didn't have a, a breakdown of your systems, but I'll help you as a single point of contact to, to manage your components, your infrastructure. And, some, you know, some pieces... Maybe the the and, and it's also overrated uh, on the customer side. There is no Mister. What's your job? Oh, my job is I uh, do install base management at my company. That's not typically. It's like next to a lot of different other stuff. He's like, okay, who who has this year? Who has to count all the equipment? Ooh, I don't want. So there, it's like they're all over the map with different uh, spreadsheets, with different. It's 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 a jungle, and and then you have. Obviously, because the, the vendor puts different channel programs together and all of them sell different components. And then the, the, the end customer has to deal with, you know, probably often three or four different uh, service providers. And also on their end, they have no. So, I mean, it's for the end customer, um, you know, either you have one service provider that says, you know what, I'll take care of that. I'll help you together with technology, with expertise and so, so what have you. Um, but it's definitely not customer success. He's not using it. Let's send him an email. Let's follow up. What? That's not. This is. You have a problem because, for an example, that that's valuable. I'm calling yeah, yeah. you to let you know your assets are not covered 100. That's valuable. Yeah. That yeah. is a valuable call. Why? Yeah. Because I don't want you to call me that we forgot an asset. That's a valuable call, and that's service success management. Yeah. Or or and Scott, you'll 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 talk to this point because it's one of your favorites. And that is, it's one thing to go to a customer and say, you're not using it as much. 
it's another thing to go to a customer and say uh, you're out of life. You yeah. haven't you haven't you haven't re- you have renewed your maintenance contract or your service contract or your uh, your license. Uh, worse still, you're five five versions behind, and you're just about to go out of life. Well, I think uh, the the reason that's a big thing for me is because when we started DC, we had the big security business unit firewall systems, and you'll know my policy, which caused a lot of disruption at the time was we do not sell firewalls without maintenance. Because if you sell a firewall or a UTM or whatever, trendy name, they have to know endpoint, whatever. If you sell one of those without maintenance, you're not selling a security product because the software code that was loaded in China could be a year old. So it has to be under maintenance. And any uh, self-respecting distributor in, in my world or reseller that's servicing a customer, if they don't keep those firewalls or security products under maintenance, they're actually being irresponsible because you could yep. get an attack and they're effectively responsible because the customer doesn't track it. They don't know when their security is up. The vendor doesn't often doesn't know where the box is. So you've got this channel component that's, that's like the fog of war. At the top, the vendor can't see everything. The distributors actually are in a great position because they can see both sides of part of the pipe. But at the end of the day, you've got to look after that end user's uh, security requirements. And that is a massive, massive, uh, to Matthias's point, a massive uh, insurance um, sort of sell. The value is your firewall is going to go out of maintenance in 90 days time or 180 days if you're doing an upgrade or whatever. You need to act now. And as you know, from our experience, where we joined in the end user and looked like a vendor, although we weren't the vendor, we took the renewal rates from 86s, 87s up to 94, 96% because we'd send just a note to the end customer saying it's security company X here. We've noticed we haven't heard from you. Your firewall's going out of um, maintenance in 30 days. This was the service partner you bought it from. So call them if you haven't already. And that solved the problem where there was a breakdown between, you know, the IT manager left or the sales rep left from the reseller because they'd lost the relationship. Yeah. So that's where that's where we underpin that ecosystem, which is joining all of the dots together, but mm-hmm. you still need Mateus's organization sitting over the top to do the service provision part. Yeah. But you know what? You just said something very, very precisely. You said uh, um, your security and you might be out of security. So you're really looking at what's the value to the customer. And that's when you look at end of life, yep. it's everybody's like, how can I sell more? How can, and if, when you really understand the customer, I mean, we, we now, so you have a feeling we manage like a little bit North of 4 million assets in our contracts. Yeah. And when you look at the different types of customers that spread over 18,000 different customers, some of them are just in industries. And if you really put yourself, you know, in their position, if they have end of life equipment, they're simply not compliant. Yeah. And so it's 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 more than just, oh, I can sell a new hardware. It's like I'm helping you to stay compliant. That is a real value add. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> when you look at the 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 OEM side, my view, I mean that's a view, yeah, is you could argue, dear Mr. OEM, you know the strengths and the weaknesses of the channel. And you've 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 been doing that for a long time. Um, it's actually your fiduciary obligation. Let's call it this way, fiduciary yeah. obligation, that this renewal happens because, you know, if it's, let's say it's, 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 the, it's, a, it's the Mayo Clinic and, in, 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 you know, in Minnesota and yeah. 
Right? Who's going to be the responsible guy that the, you know, the, the data center doesn't have? No, nobody is. Yeah. So yeah. it's your fiduciary obligation to actually make sure the quote arrives. I think that the vendor probably needs to triple down on, on service providers like you, like us, uh, to ensure that the data is managed correctly and that ultimately the customer gets this uh, uh, support that he's compliant and that he, you know, has no risk. That's service success management at its, at its, let's say, at its peak. Yeah. <laughs> to to extend on to that uh, particular point, if you look at the IoT space, a number of governments have legislated that in IoT, um, three things basically: uh, it must come with a unique username and password. Pretty basic. It must get security updates for its entire lifetime. And the last point, which is the critical point, is you, the manufacturer has an obligation or a fiduciary duty, an obligation to contact the end customer when they're not going to send security updates anymore, effectively mm -hmm. end of support. So the problem is you've got vendor, distributor, service provider, the data's a mess, no one really cares, but the vendor's on the hook if something goes wrong or they get hacked through their Philips View light bulb or whatever the IoT device is. So again, you need service providers such as your organization to make sure that you alert the manufacturer to those particular, or alert the end customer in that case, to those particular issues. So it's it's there's legislation now in place. It's not just you know rightly so, right, rightly so, rightly so. Yeah. 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 